0: This is Tennis Quick Tips, episode 39. Hey, it's Kim from tennisfixation.com, your host for the Tennis Quick Tips podcast. With every episode, Tennis Quick Tips gives you a quick and easy tip to apply to your game, improve your play, and make sure you're having fun every time you step on court. This week, we're going to talk about one of the rules in tennis that you want to be sure you never violate, and you want to be sure if someone pulls it on you that you know exactly how the rule is properly applied. I'm talking about the rule on hindrances. I often get asked questions from my Tennis Fixation followers about rules questions. And it's my experience both in the kinds of questions and comments I get on my Tennis Fixation site and in the matches I play that a lot of people are not clear on the rules of tennis. And I can also tell you based on my experience if you know the rules of tennis, you can be sure there are times when you are going to be able to claim points because the rules are in your favor. And I can also tell you that the person who seems to know the rule on a tennis court is often the one who ends up with the point. So I'm not saying that you should ever violate the rules, cheat, claim a rule as some, goes a certain way when it really doesn't, but I am saying... It's in your best interest to know the rules of tennis. I sometimes work as a tennis official, and I mean a really low-level tennis official. I know I've mentioned that here on the podcast before. But because of that, I'm hyper-aware of the rules and how few tennis players really know them. And I try to make it a practice to be sure when any strange situation arrives, arises in a match that I play or that I see, that I find out what the rule is and what was the proper way for that point to go down. So one of the rules that seems to give players a lot of trouble is the rule on hindrances. This is ITF rule 26. And here's exactly what that rule says. If a player is hindered in playing the point by a deliberate act of the opponents, the player shall win the point. However, the point shall be replayed if a player is hindered in playing the point by either an unintentional act of the opponent's or something outside the player's own control, not including a permanent fixture. So there's really two issues on the hindrance rule. The first is, was a player actually hindered? And the second is, was the act that is being claimed to be a hindrance Deliberate and intentional or unintentional. So let's talk about that second aspect of the role first, whether the act is intentional or unintentional. I'm going to give you a really good example of this that has happened to me and it may have happened to you. I played a doubles match and in the middle of a point, my hat blew off. I certainly didn't want my hat to blow off. And I realized it had happened, and it was in my mind as we continued playing the point, but nobody said anything. The point went on for several shots, and at the end of it, our opponents won that point. And one of them came to me and said, Well, just so you know, this is your warning for your hat blowing off. If it blows off again, we get the point. And I have to say, I just was sort of like, whatever. I didn't really argue with her or make any claim or question about what rule she was referring to here. Because I knew what she was trying to say. And honestly, I wanted my hat to stay on my head. So I put it back on and tightened down the, the back of it so it wouldn't come off again. But I think what she was trying to claim was that my hat blowing off had been a hindrance to her. Well, the problem here is when a hindrance occurs, the point needs to stop immediately. If my opponent continues to play when some act of on my part occurs, then she's not hindered. I mean, obviously in this situation, not only was my opponent not hindered, but they won the point. And if you look at the code that applies in matches that we're all playing... You'll see this very topic is discussed in uh, paragraph 33 of the code. It states, claiming a hindrance. A player who claims a hindrance must stop play as soon as possible. So once my opponent allowed the play to go on after my hat had blown off, there was no hindrance. I mean, if she would have said right away, stopped play, saying, okay, your hat blew off and that bothered me because it was in my line of sight, yeah, that would have been a hindrance. But by allowing the play to go on, she could not then claim it was a hindrance. So what she was trying to do was say that that was a hindrance, even though I didn't call it, and if it happens again, if your hat blows off again, Then I'm going to claim it's a hindrance and we get to keep the point. And my argument at that point would have been, look, either it's a hindrance or it's not a hindrance. You can't allow the play to continue and then claim it's a hindrance afterwards. So I would have had an argument with her. I'm quite sure had my hat blown off a second time and had she tried to call it then a hindrance that she was going to claim the point, especially if she wouldn't have stopped play the second time immediately. We never got to that, and that's kind of an uh, a argument that I wouldn't want to make to someone, but um, I certainly would have tried to. And in fact, the hat blowing off example yeah, maybe my hat would never blow off a second time, but. Balls falling out of your pocket, you see that a lot, where someone cannot seem to keep a ball in their pocket, and after it happens the first time, uh, your opponent might give you a warning, and I would argue that if it happens a second time, yeah, that's a hindrance and you're going to lose the point. So, speaking of that, let's go to the second part of the hindrance rule, which is, was the act deliberate and intentional, or was it unintentional? Again, we'll, we'll go to my hat example. Clearly, that was unintentional. I didn't want my hat to blow off. I certainly wasn't trying to have my hat blow off to distract anyone, and if anyone was distracted, it was me. So in that case, had my opponent immediately called a hindrance because of my hat blowing off, that would have been an unintentional hindrance and it would have been a let, and we would have replayed the point. An example of an intentional hindrance that you may be committing, because I know I do this, is making some sort of sound, calling out after you hit a ball. In this situation, you can imagine, I've done this, you send up a lob in a doubles match, and you realize... It's going to be short. But your partner is up at the net. They don't see it coming. And you, after you hit it, you yell out, watch out, back up, be careful. It's short. You say something to give your partner some kind of warning that they're about to be creamed by the ball. That is an intentional act. You calling out, those words came out of you on purpose. It doesn't matter whether you intended to hinder your opponent by doing it, because you probably didn't. You probably just honestly were trying to warn your partner. But you intended to say what you said, and your opponent can claim that it's a hindrance. And there's actually some helpful language in the code telling you how to know when that kind of act is a hindrance. If you look at paragraph 34, it says... Talking when the ball is in play. Singles players should not talk during points. That's pretty obvious. They don't have anybody to talk to anyways. Talking between doubles partners when the ball is moving toward them is allowed. So this is, for example, when someone hits a ball that you think is going out and you shout to your partner, watch it, or bounce it, or maybe um, when you're going for the poach, you yell out, switch. That type of uh, act, that type of noise that you make intentionally when the ball is coming in your direction is okay. The code goes on to say in this paragraph 34, doubles players should not talk when the ball is moving toward their opponent's court. That would be the example I gave at the beginning. When I hit a lob that I realize is going to be short and I start talking to my partner to tell her to get back or get out of the way, that lob is traveling toward my opponent and the fact that I'm talking could be a hindrance to them. The code goes on and says, when talking interferes with an opponent's ability to play a ball, it is a hindrance. Then it even explains, for example... If a doubles player hits a weak lob and yells get back and the yell distracts an opponent who is about to hit the ball, then the opponent may claim the point based on a deliberate hindrance. If the opponent chooses to play the lob and misses it, the opponent loses the point because the opponent did not make a timely claim of hindrance. For example, if a player yells after an injury or getting stung by a bee, This is an unintentional hindrance that would entitle the opponent to claim a let. So, obviously, going back to my hat blowing off, if it's truly a hindrance to my opponents, they need to stop play and call it right away. Then we'll get into the intentional versus unintentional, and that will help us decide whether we play a let or whether my opponent can claim the point right out. For you, I think the important thing to remember, for me too, is what was happening on the court? Where was the ball traveling? Things that I do can only hinder my opponent if they're, the ball is traveling towards them and they're setting up to hit a shot. If the ball is traveling towards me then my opponent can't be hindered because I've got to hit something before it's their turn to hit again. So when you come up in these situations, here's what I think you need to remember. First of all, was there an actual hindrance? Was somebody honestly bothered by the action that occurred? Two, was the hindrance called immediately? You can't call a hindrance after the point's over. You can't keep playing, see what happens, and then try to call a hindrance. That's like getting two chances. So if you think your opponent has done something to hinder you, you need to stop play, call the hindrance immediately. Similarly, if your opponent tries to call a hindrance on you, they need to stop play right away. They cannot continue playing out the point and then try to call a hindrance. Three, was the act deliberate or was it unintentional the hat falling off unintentional the first time for sure the calling out words warnings talking to your partner that's intentional that's deliberate and that's going to be a different kind of hindrance finally when you're trying to decide on this you have to think about what direction was the ball traveling was it traveling towards you when you made the, the noise when you called out to your, your opponent or when you called out to your partner, for example, to say, let it go, bounce it, then that is not a hindrance to your opponent. When you've hit the ball and it's traveling towards your opponent and you call out to your partner, get back, move, get out of the way, yeah, that's a hindrance. This is definitely one of those rules that is very sloppily applied in match play among recreational players. So, learn the rule, make sure it's properly applied, and then you can be sure you're not losing out points to someone who thinks that every hindrance entitles them to claim the point, and similarly, that everything that happens is a hindrance. If you know the rule, then you can stop those those situations from arising, and you will not give up points that you are entitled to. That's it for this week's Tennis Quick Tips. I hope that if you have your own rules questions, or if you have any other tennis questions, you'll be sure and send them to me. You can always reach me at Kim at tennisfixation.com. I love answering questions. I actually email people several times a week with their questions, and if I get good questions, that I think we all should remember or know about, then I'll be sure and do a podcast episode on them. You can find the show notes for this episode over on my website at tennisfixation.com quicktips39. Check out Tennis Fixation for lots more tennis tips, things that'll help you play much better and much funner tennis every day. With that, I'll let you go back out to the court. since the weather has certainly gotten nice here, and I hope it is where you are too. As always, thanks for listening, and happy tennis.